If your New Year's resolution was to stop making poor life choices, what are you doing listening to this show? Welcome back to Rad Radio. Got this email, uh, rad at radradio.com. It's from Greg. Hey, Greg. Uh, during the entertainment pile, which really was like the first sports pile, which made Dawn thrill. Because oh. uh, we were talking about the, the, the big weekend. Uh, the NFL divisional playoffs. So we got into the, the the Kelsey brothers, but one of the stories was that's wrong. It's pronounced Kells. Nope. Uh, but uh, their dad got so tired of correcting people, he just let them call everybody Kelsey. And so the boys grew up <laughs> being called uh, Kelsey. Uh, Greg wrote in and said, uh, "Hey Rob, I understand the mix-up with the names Kelsey and Kells and Adidas and Adidas. The, the second one is how it's supposed to be pronounced. We're not doing that. What confuses me is when someone you know." And has pronounced your name correctly for a long time, then mixes it up. Both my ex-wife and my current lady mix it up. My name is Greg. But for some reason, they have both started pronouncing it dumbass. (laughs) Must be German. (laughs) Let's talk to Steve Mickelson, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, and MixPix.com. Two Ks in Mix. Two Ks in Picks, uh, MixPicks.com, and the MixPix Sports Show, uh, which starts Monday morning as a daily program on both Rad TV at members.radradio.com and in Sacramento on Rad Radio at 104.7 FM and 8.90 AM every day for an hour. Steve and I will talk sports. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. morning. All right, Steve, before we get to uh, all of the goings-on this uh, weekend, uh, we're in that time of the year as well where the NFL coaching carousel Uh, is happening for all the teams that aren't still playing. So let's go through the big ones one by one. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys just got slaughtered last week. In fact, you know what? Before I get to the coaching thing, Steve, you and I haven't had a chance to to talk about that game. The the Packers came out, if I remember correctly, it was 27-0. The the classic sports talk uh, question, was that more about the Packers or or the whole game? Was it more about the Packers having this great scheme, this great offense, et cetera, or was it more about the Cowboys being what you had said all season, the team that can only beat the tomato cans? I think it was a combination of both. The Packers have really played well the last six, seven games of the season. Jordan Love, who I was very critical of early on in the season, the first half of the season, has really made a turn. He has looked really good uh, in his last several games. The Cowboys, on the other hand, I think they expected to win. I thought they were preparing for their next game in a sense. Hey, look, the Packers, we're at home. We just got to show up. And the Packers took it right to them. There was a spot you thought, hey, okay, Dallas can get back into it. Boom, pick six, Packers score again. It, It was incredible to sit and watch. As a Cowboys fan, you have to just be heartbroken. I mean, here it is again, one and done. Dak was supposed to be your savior from all the Tony Romo one-and-done years, and now you look at the two going, you know, Dak Prescott, not a whole lot different than Tony Romo, both very good quarterbacks, but neither one could win in the postseason. And uh, Cowboys are done, and honestly, it doesn't hurt my feelings. And and that brings (laughs) us all the way back to the big thing was head coach Mike McCarthy, who did win a Super Bowl uh, with the Green Bay Packers and the greatest quarterback in the game at the time, a little man named Aaron Rodgers. And Mike McCarthy can coach him up and can get him 10, 12, 13 wins, get him into the playoffs, and then womp, womp. And so the talk became, would owner Jerry Jones keep him? They have retained coach Mike McCarthy. So I have a two-parter question. I'm going to give you my answers first. Part one is, 
are you surprised at that decision in part two is, was it the right move? And, and my answer is, I was stunned. I was convinced they were going to move past Mike McCarthy, especially because there are so many potentially big-name, great coaches that are out there. Because that's one of the things. You don't get rid of your coach in this example unless you have a better choice. There's a lot of better choices out there. And the second answer is, it's a terrible move. What do you think? What was that second part? The uh, what? The, the second. So it's, are you surprised they did it? And the second part is, was it the right decision? Which I don't think it was. Uh, no, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, anybody who's going to coach the Dallas Cowboys has got to be pretty much a yes man for Jerry Jones. He's the one who calls the shots. He's the owner. He's the GM. He makes all the personnel decisions. And I think that's a tough spot for, say, a Harbaugh or a Belichick or anyone to walk into because they want to have total control of the team. And we know the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is never going to have total control of the team. Would I have gotten rid of him? Yes. Was I surprised? No. And was it the right move to keep him? I wanted to see Belichick go there Mm -hmm. and work with Jerry Jones, have Jones step back a little bit and, and allow Belichick to do what he does. It's a very talented roster. I would have loved to have seen that. But again, at the end of the day, even if the Cowboys had then had success, and let's say they went out and won two Super Bowls in the next four years, I just see a repeat of the Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones fiasco of where Jerry wants the credit. He doesn't get it. Belichick gets the credit. And their time together would be short-lived as well. So, Last one on this, Steve. Do you agree with me that Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, has to win the Super Bowl next year to keep his job? No, because I think it still comes down to that. Yes, man, the question you ask, you have to have somebody better to replace. McCarthy's a pretty good coach. I'm not going to say he's a bad coach. He's a pretty good coach. And he's willing to be a yes man. That's why we saw Jason Garrett there for so many years when we kept saying, come on, you got to move on from him. You have to keep that part into consideration is, are you going to be able to get a better yes man than you currently have? And I'm not sure you are. As you mentioned, uh, that ends the uh, juicy Bill Belichick to Dallas rumors. And it brings us to the two biggest names that are hanging out there. Former New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick, who's just, I forget offhand, uh, 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 16 and so wins away from the all-time record of, of Don Shula's wins. He wants to be, get back in the league and, and break that record. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh. They have both interviewed with the L.A. Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons. So here's my thing, Steve. I, I would love to see either one of them uh, with the Chargers because you have Justin Herbert. You have a built-in superstar quarterback. I think you and I both think he has been misused. I know you and I both think former Charger coach Brandon Staley was 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 garbage. My other question or my other comment in there is, Steve, why would either one of these guys want the Falcons job? That is a mess of a project. Well, I don't I don't see Harbaugh going to the Falcons at all. But first of all, I, I think you got to look at the bigger picture. And you're going to interview with the Falcons because you want to show there's interest in you in order to be able to drive up the price for whichever team you end up going to. So I think the Falcons were more of a ploy, especially for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I think the Falcons might be Belichick's only spot. And I'm just, you know, Rob, you're a big sports fan. If you're an owner, I mean, first of all, you're going to want a head coach that's going to develop a culture and make your team strong for many years. Belichick's up in age. Is he really going to be able to commit to your team like, say, 10, 12, 15 years? Because if you grab a great coach, that's what you want to see happen with, say, a Tomlin with Pittsburgh with 17 years, a Sean Payton with the Saints. 
you want to get a head coach who's going to be there and instill that winning, you know, formula in your franchise for several years, not just a few years. And so to me, a team that's serious just really isn't going to look at a Belichick because I don't think he gives you more than three, four. I don't even think he gets to five years. And is he really going to be able to instill a winning culture in that short a time? Plus, I still question he wants to come back, he wants to coach, but is it because he wants to coach or is it because he wants to become the all-time winningest head coach in the NFL so he's chasing his own personal records as opposed to doing what's best for the team and those are things if I'm an owner is why I would lean against a Belichick because I want a person who's a young excellent head coach that could build my program for years to come not just a couple of years now Steve I think we've talked over the years and I think we agree this this is my and I think you've said it to yours favorite weekend of the season four games a lot of people say it's next weekend but I don't eh I mean, next week's is great. You find out who's going to the Super Bowl. But this weekend, it's four games. You've weeded out the trash. Uh, and and, and is, is that right? Don't you love this weekend? I do. This is my favorite weekend, although I'm not sure we fully weeded out the trash. But I think with what we have, <laughs> that's fair. you know, it's, it's still going to be an excellent weekend. I, I'm always excited about this weekend. And my, other, my all-time favorite time of the year is the March Madness rolling into because it got the college basketball finishing up the season with the tournament which then rolls into the start of the baseball season which then means warmer weather heading towards Uh, summer uh, but this is my second favorite even ahead of the super bowl everything else this is my second favorite time of the year right now i think you've literally nauseated dawn um so steve you and i both uh, are, are, are have a have a man crush on the houston texans uh head coach D'Amico ryan's Quarterback C.J. Stroud, um, it, it, they're just—they're an amazing story. D'Amico Ryan should be coach of the year, don't you think? I, I think he's got to be up there. Um, what what Lafleur has done with the Packers is amazing. Yeah. I, I'm still a Lions fan, and knowing the Lions' history and everything that went on there, I, I think Dan Campbell's got to get a little look. And uh, uh, in Cleveland, their coach—I mean, they went through four quarterbacks. Good point. They made the playoffs. They ended up getting beat. But Stefanik in uh, in Cleveland's got to get a look as well. But I, I think of all of it, I would probably give it to D'Amico Ryans just because Houston was going into the season one of the three worst teams in the NFL, and here we are in divisional playoff round, and they're still playing. Okay, so maybe this is a question for another time, but we kind of touched on this when it was bad radio, and Kyle and Brandon having a conversation – and um, because the Kings were getting some award, but they're not even champions or whatever. The, and I was, the beam. Just, I was just trying to understand because I don't watch all your sporty sports stuff. How can someone like in this example, get coach of the year? And let's say his team doesn't even win the Super Bowl. How, how does it not go to the guy whose team actually won the Super Bowl? So I'll give the quick answer. I, and you, Steve, you can tell me if you agree with this. First of all, they 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 vote. Before the postseason, they've already voted, so because they don't base Coach of the Year on what happens after the regular season. Why? That, that's just how it is in all the sports. That's that's just how it is. Secondly, let's say Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers takes them to the Super Bowl and they win. That's what he should do with that kind of talent. Yeah, he's a great coach. But, but you take you take D'Amico Ryan's, mm-hmm. and as Steve said, 
the Texans were supposed to be one of the three worst teams of the year. They're in the playoffs, the second round. But of the isn't playoffs. that also what he's supposed to do? Take his no, team to the playoffs? No, no. This was he had. He was like, you got two, three years uh, to build this team up, Steve. Okay. It, it, I'm just you, trying to understand the, the sports world. Like no, and that's that. good because yeah, there's a lot I'm of like, listeners that are like, oh my alive. God, Rob and Steve. What? Would, would you, anything you would add to the, the answer, Steve? Uh, no, not really. I mean, what you did was summed it up. It, it's kind of like the most improved award. Don, going into the season, the team had no expectation. What coach greatly exceeded the expectations for that team during that year? That's better. But they're not given that. I, I can get on board to most improved. I think those are wonderful awards, actually, that kids will get or people so they know. But that's the award you guys name it the best. That, well, this is like, why. How are you the I, best? I think Steve, Steve just nailed it. Yeah, yeah. It, what, okay. what coach outperformed the expectations? That, that's why Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings won it last year in basketball. So, Steve, my question for the, for the first game tomorrow, 1.30 on ESPN or ABC, is do the Texans have a chance to beat the Baltimore Ravens, widely believed to want to be one of the three best teams in the AFC in Baltimore? Man, did, did they have a puncher's chance? I, I'm hoping they do. It, the weather is going to be cold. The Ravens are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite here. You know, I love watching C.J. Stroud. He's one of my favorite young quarterbacks to watch. The Ravens, though, are really talented. Texans' run defense is very good, so I'm hoping that can slow down the Ravens a bit. But in the end of the day, I think the Ravens are too talented. I'm hoping the Texans can keep it close. But this is one of those games that I could see the, the Ravens get up early, the cold weather, and the Texans kind of say, hey, look, it was great to be here, but, you know, let's get warm and get inside, and and uh, they don't really keep it close. Did you say the Ravens are a nine-point favorite? Nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, this is the part that's kind of strange with this line. They met week one. Uh, the Texans, Ravens, and at that time, the Texans were considered one of the three worst teams in the NFL. And I believe the line on that week was nine. So this is slightly higher. And we know the Texans are much better. So I think it's kind of a reflection that everyone just thinks the Ravens could be the best team in the NFL. In the NFL, I'll give you the AFC, but let's talk about the best team in the NFL. That's tomorrow night's game um, with the uh, Green Bay Packers at the Niners. I, Steve, I've got one my, my my logical sports fan mind has the ability to look at it and go, the Niners are stacked. They've had two weeks off. They're they're the they're they're one of the two best teams in the NFL. My concern as a, as a, as a 49ers sports fan is this: the the part of why I believe the Packers destroyed the the uh, Cowboys last week is the same thing that concerns me about tomorrow night. They've got nothing to lose. At all. No expectation. Nobody believes the Packers are going to win. <laughs> oh, and Jordan Love, has, their quarterback, has been on fire for the last six weeks. Is that a legitimate concern of mine? A absolutely. They're playing with house money. Nobody expecting them to be in the playoffs, let alone playing in the divisional round. Oh, they are a nine-and-a-half-point underdog in this game. Oh, Jordan Love is playing great the second half. And keep in, weather, there's, keep in mind, there's supposed to be weather tomorrow. I believe it's supposed to rain during the day. Yep. Hopefully it will clear up, you know, later on in the day, but you got to feel that that's going to cause for a, you know, very soggy field. The Packers have been really running the ball well the last part of the season. But on the other side, the Niners had a week off. They're fully rested. McCaffrey's a full go. This is a really talented team. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, 
I, I just I think the 49ers are a much better team. I believe the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. And but you know, those are the things that could sneak up here. I don't think the 49ers are looking past anyone because they win this game. They play the Bucks or the Lions. It's not like a huge revenge game where they got the Cowboys or something like that. So I can't see them overlooking, you know, the Packers in this game either. But uh, I think the Niners take care of business. They get it done. I'm just hoping the weather and if it's raining doesn't mess with the true outcome of the game. And by allowing a sloppy field and the Packers run game to take Yay. over. Now, Steve, you are a Detroit Lions fan. I, I haven't been able to actually talk to you since uh, since their big win. And what was an electric uh, Ford field uh, last weekend? How, how how did that feel for you? Uh, it, it was it was fantastic. I mean, my phone was blowing up with people texting me, just being how long it is. And and you know, one of the things I, I said to my wife is. Do you realize that this is the first playoff win since we've been married? And we've been married for 32 years. We were engaged the last time the Lions won in the playoffs. And I'm like, this is the first playoff win since we've been married. And, uh, you know, it's just, it it was incredible. Uh, And I I loved every moment of it. Although late in the game, I did feel the Rams were going to kick the field goal to win. And there was a blown call there. You know, I like to believe I'm, I'm neutral in this. You know, there was holding on the Lions. They did not call. True. But for me, it made up for it because right before halftime, they called a really bogus, you know, movement by the Lions line, which nobody did. It was offsides the Rams, which would have put, you know, given the Lions a first down and being in field goal range, they ended up having a punt. So I thought there was two really bad calls in that game one against both teams, but I'm very thankful that the Lions ended up on the winning side. I, I was thinking of you the whole time in the, the second half of that fourth quarter because I kept thinking, oh, my God, the Rams are going to do it. And I was I was wondering what your mindset was. Like, were you resolved to, here we go, the Lions are going to screw me again. It had to be until the end of the game when you finally exhaled, I assume. Uh, absolutely, and and yes, Rob, you were one hundred percent correct. I was sitting there in the second half and in the fourth quarter, going, "Here we go again." I cannot believe it. You know, I get my hopes up. I think we have a chance, and here it is: Rams are going to kick the field goal and beat me yet again. Now, my perception, and I could be wrong, but my perception of when you've talked about the owners of the Lions, it seems that they would be the only ones bummed right now because the way you've described them is like they don't care if their team wins. Uh, I believe there's a lot of truth to that because as your team wins, players want more money. And I wholeheartedly believe the Ford family runs this for their personal income, for their expenses. And what I mean by that is all the teams have revenue sharing and the Lions every year pocket 20, 25 million from the, you know, the revenue sharing portion of that, which I believe, and again, I'm speculating, I believe the Ford family uses that towards their yearly expenses as opposed to reinvesting in in the Lions. So I think their ownership is more of a luxury and something to have. (laughs) They're not serious owners who want to actually win. Now, by the way, tickets for Sunday's game between the Lions and Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit have skyrocketed on the resale market. And of the four games 
have the highest average ticket price of any of the four playoff games this weekend. Damn. For tomorrow's game between the Texans and Ravens, the average price resale market, $427 per ticket. Whoa. For the Niners game, the average price, $612. Ah, one ticket? For yeah. Sunday's primetime game, like the, the game, that's the lowest average, $408. And for Sunday's Lions game, average price, $1,080 per ticket on the, on the resale market. I know, Steve, we've talked before. Jeez. We both prefer football at home. But if you had the opportunity, the means and all that, we, as the Lions keep going, would you, would you pay to go? I, I don't believe I would. I, I just, I, I'm not a huge fan. I, I love going to games, but it's not to watch the game. It's for the atmosphere. It's for the tailgating, et cetera. Right. Um, it's not the actual game. Because if you really want to watch the game, I can watch it on TV. And I know, oh, you don't get the excitement of the crowd. and being, Believe me, I get plenty of excited watching the <laughs> football game in my, in my living room and being comfortable eating the food that I choose without paying big prices. So I, I get the idea for those who want to go, but I would still rather watch it in my game, in my house. So tell us about the official line spread X's and O's for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is Sunday at noon on NBC at your Detroit Lions. <laughs> Yeah, right now the Lions are a six-and-a-half-point favorite here. Tampa Bay with a big win last week against the Eagles. But were they that good, or was it the Eagles team that just collapsed at the end of the season? But Baker Mayfield's playing well. The problem with the Buccaneers is they can't run the ball at all. Detroit's got a pretty good run defense. But Detroit's secondary is awful. So if you're going to beat the Lions, you got to be able to pass the ball. That's what the Buccaneers can do. My fear for the Lions in this game, because I really do believe the Lions are a better team here, uh, but it was such an emotional win for the Lions. As I said, their first win, you know, it, since before I was married, is do they have a letdown here because of that huge emotional win that they're just not ready to play this game? I'm hoping that's not the case, but on paper and everything, the Lions are the better team. They should be able to run the ball, even though the Buccaneers' defense is pretty good. I still think that they should be able to pass. So I think the Lions should be able to do pretty much what they like in this game. If I had to look at it from a betting perspective, I like the under. I think both defenses are going to do a better job at slowing down the opponent's offense. But uh, I'm just hoping the Lions don't have that letdown that you get after such a huge emotional win. Now the, the, the headline for Rad Radio, Steve, is... If things go the way you and I both believe they're going to go, and they should go, the Niners win tomorrow, the Lions win Sunday. Our two teams, the <gasps> Lions and the Niners, will play next weekend. What? Ooh, Each other? Each other, with oh. one of them going to the Super Bowl. Nice. What the holy hell? Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. It, but I mean, For you, Steve, it would be amazing just to have them in the championship game. For you and I, it would be fun. Although, if I know you well enough as a self-loathing Lion fan... <laughs> You, you would think that, that if the Lions win Sunday, that's the end of their season. Uh, yeah, that, that is the end of their season. I would ask you, when was the last time the Lions won in San Francisco? And uh, it's been a long, long time. Uh, I, and, and again, I'm, I'm speculating off the top of my head here. I think they haven't won in San Francisco since like the 60s or something insane like that. So, But even if they lose there, the Lions have still had a fantastic season. I'm hoping they win this Sunday. But, again, after such an emotional win, I'm not fully satisfied in 
their season. I want to see them win again, but I'll be honest with you. If they get beat by the Buccaneers, I'll be disappointed, but I'll still be very happy that they had the season they had and they won last week. So I would not be devastated in any way if they ended up losing on Sunday. See, this, this is an emotional thing for me. As a Niner fan, I should want the Lions to lose because there's no way the Buccaneers are marching into Levi Stadium and beating the Niners. <laughs> the Lions are the best. But I want you and I to be able to sit there and text back and forth next weekend until like the halfway through the first quarter when the Niners are up 27 to nothing. I would love for that to happen and we're into the fourth quarter and then there's a really bad call against the Lions which allows the 49ers to win because I would love to see that text exchange with my the Lions just got screwed. Oh, no, they didn't. What are you talking about? That was a clean hit 40 seconds before the ball got there. Come on. What are you whining about? I'd love to see that text exchange. That is what we do. All right, Steve, in the interest of time, we're just getting right to it. Uh, tell us about the Sunday game, 3.30 on CBS. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Bills two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Weather is going to be a factor. It's going to be very cold. You know, from the Bills' standpoint, if they're ever going to beat the Chiefs, this is the time to do it. The Chiefs' offense is not explosive like we've known in the past. They're dropping balls. The Chiefs' defense is really good. But if the Bills were ever going to win, this is the day to do it. I'm just not sure they are. And a amazing stat out there, and I'm sure everybody already knows it, this is the first road game in the playoffs that Patrick Mahomes will ever play. Every prior playoff game he's played has been at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. So it's his first one on the road. And I'd love to see the Bills finally beat the Chiefs. Uh, And, Steve, I have one question because I've heard this talked about a lot. You mentioned that the, the, quote, weather is going to be a factor. Is it a factor when you have two cold-weather teams? Doesn't that cancel it out? Yeah, but when you're talking snow and everything else, you know, weird things can happen. And and I saw a thing this morning that says Buffalo's looking for people to help shovel out the stadium again again for this weekend. And that's just, you know, that's where it falls into. Yes, they're two cold-weather teams. They should be able to adjust. But when you get really cold temperatures and, you know, if snow falls on top of it, you know, all things are wide open at that point. Your game plan's out the door. Giggity. I saw video footage of the last game that, that, that they were doing this. The Buffalo game with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the snow and, everywhere. And I wanted to be a part of it. So I'm not even a Buffalo's fan. I'm like, I wish we lived there. I would go join them. This looks fun. Steve, uh, have a great weekend. Keep your cell phone with you at all times. I'll be glued to the sofa. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, we will talk on Monday. Thank you and enjoy the weekend. And I'm really hoping this divisional playoff round lives up to my expectations. All right, that is Steve Mickelson hey, from MixPicks.com. Two K's in Mix, two K's in Picks, MixPicks.com. And starting on Monday, the MixPix Sports Show on Rad Radio and Rad TV, rather, uh, at members.radradio.com and in Sacramento on 1047 FM, 890 AM. Let's play Treble Trouble right now for a pair of tickets to see Jerry Seinfeld at the Reno Event Center on Saturday. April 27th. We'll give you a three-second song clip. You give us the title of the song, and you win. Call her 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20, and if nobody knows the song title, <laughs> the droplets everywhere and no winner. We need a winner. 888-989-9811 for Treble Trouble. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show.